Hello and welcome to another episode of Critical Geeks. As always, I'm Ryan of Game Hub Dakota UK, and joining me as always is our host Neil Dealey. Hello, Daniel. I'm Neil of Critical Geeks, the thing you're listening to right now. I'm good, thank you, Mr. Barrow. Uh, we've had a fun week of uh, getting our Xbox Series X's. Yes, stupid, was, well, stupid name aside, um, they've arrived a, all well and good. It was a fun week, and it was lots of excitement on the Tuesday morning, and then I got home and set it up, and then as I turned the box around, there he was, staring at me in that lovely, lovely green armour he likes to wear, mm-hmm. and I realised that Master Chief wasn't going to be oh. around on one of Well, he was, because I still have Halo 5 and the MCC yeah. installed, of course. But, you know in America where they have milk cartons and it's got a missing person's face on it? it? Well, it was a bit of a kick in the nuts of my excitement, to be honest. It was just like, yeah, yeah, Xbox, dude, X day, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then I was like, oh, there's the chief. He's not here. He's not here until next year. It, yeah. I mean, if there's one thing that Microsoft want to avoid, it's the whole classic no games line. And for their brand new, super powerful, new logical idea console, not being console generations anymore, and just being like an upgraded console, like PC gaming, for it to come out and have a precisely zero new game using the power is the most Xbox thing in the world. I mean, I was reading an interview with Phil Spencer the other day, just on this topic, um, and he made a valid point that launch lineups don't actually matter because the PlayStation arguably has a much better launch lineup and all the PlayStation sold out. And in spite of Xbox's launch lineup, all of the Xboxes sold out. So... I guess he's right in the sense that it doesn't really matter that Halo's not out because all the Xbox is sold and that it's much more likely for Halo to sell consoles next Christmas than this Christmas, which immediately made me scared that he was going to delay Halo till next Christmas. And then I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like they're actually going to delay Halo till next Christmas. I, they, they really, really, I know they are. And they'll be stupid if they don't, to be honest. Um, yeah, you should totally a holiday game. They, they always go, coming soon. This holiday, which is always confusing when it comes to America, because they've got every holiday all the time. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, if they do say, "Oh, it's coming out in next Christmas," then you'll have fifty percent of people saying, "Well, that's fine." Cyberpunk was delayed. They'll make it the best game they possibly could, and it makes more sense at Christmas. And you'll have everyone else going, "It clearly wasn't fucking ready then." If you've got to wait another whole year. For, uh, for you to delay a Halo game. Like, that's a long, long time for essentially a multiplayer game with a campaign. I mean, I'm a little bit nervous because I don't want Halo Infinite to launch like the MCC. Uh, and at the same time, I want it to launch complete and whole and all there. You know, so I want campaign, I want whatever the new version of Firefight Spot, you know, whatever gimmick they're putting Halo this time for it to be Halo. I want multiplayer to be there. I want all the modes to be there. I want Forge to be there. Like it all needs to launch as the complete package. I don't want it to be this drip-fed nonsense of, well, we finished the campaign and you've got eight multiplayer maps, but Forge isn't ready. It's like, no, it's Halo. Forge needs to be ready. Release it now. Yeah, that's that's another that's another shocker for the franchise, for it to, to trickle out content. I mean, part of me wonders if it's done on purpose to keep people playing. To oh, people playing in six months' time to say, "Oh well, well, I can't wait for this to come out. I'll play this in the meantime, and this in the meantime, and all, then this will come out." They just drip feed content now, so it looks like player engagement's been sustained, so they can sell more DLC and then get more money from shares. When it's actually just, "Oh, we've made all the maps. We'll just stagger the release so it gets yeah. more keeping playing the game." Which is just, it's, I mean, it's again, it's the, it's the thing we always whinge about as old men. Uh, I know we're in our thirties, so we shouldn't really call ourselves old men. But in terms of, you know gaming's history I would be classed as old men I guess um, where gaming became its biggest as we were growing up so we remember the good old days when gaming was still you know underground um, and you know it wasn't as much as a business like the, they didn't try f- to find ways to exploit the consumer base it was just oh we've made a console and a game please buy it and then it became oh we've made a console a game with some DLC would you like to buy that and then now we're at the point where it's oh we're going to strip the game and stagger your bits and it's like Ugh, it's just annoying but hopefully I yeah. don't do that because Taylor. Like when I was at school, no one was cared or talked about gaming. And I was like, oh, Mad Dog McCree. That was sick. I don't know if you ever played Mad Dog McCree. But I did play Mad Dog McCree. Yeah, there we go. Um, but yeah, it's, it's obviously a big, big business now. Um, so I got my Xbox a bit later than you, thanks to the delivery company that was sending it from Microsoft, just not updating any of the information on the delivery. So that was a little bit worrying. 
a um, little bit worrying when I was sitting there at two o'clock in the afternoon, still waiting for it to arrive. Um, and then your internet cut out. So we both had a bit of a stressful launch did, day I mean, on the... Uh, my internet cutting out was frustrating, X. but my actual collection of my console was, was super easy. Like, full credit to Game in the Boring. Like, the second the lockdown got announced, they contacted everyone with pre-order and was like, right, pay, come and pay for it early. You can do click and collect. Fantastic. No worries. I turn up on the day. Look outside the shop. Does it look anyone's queuing? And I'm like, that's unusual. That's not a queue. And then walk to the front of the door, see some of my old colleagues. And they're like, I'm like, oh, there's no queue. And they go, look to your right. I look to my right. And there's about 120 people all lined up. And I was like, that makes <laughs> more sense, guys. That that's more, more like sense. it. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I joined the back of the queue and I get my Xbox. And it was perfectly seamless. Got my console. I was probably waiting 10 minutes, if that. So, you know, props to them for that, I suppose. But yeah, once I got home. I think- I think it's funny in the day of now in the age of digital downloads, I guess some people, when they want to actually pick their console up, they don't want that razzmatazz and showmanship. They just want to get it and they want to go. I mean, I uh, don't mind the razzmatazz. I mean, I'm a veteran of many a game station new stream midnight launch mm-hmm. and uh, they always had a certain razzmatazz. Um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I often heard about Raz and a bit of Mataz and sometimes it was Raz and Mataz. But, you know, that's 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 the life that some of these uh, extravagant people lead in the games event, I guess. Sometimes seen all these events, you were given free games by Bethesda that you immediately traded in. What game was that? That was Skyrim. That was that was the first midnight launch. So so for some like hindsight history, I, I did uh, events hosting for about four and a half years as a master of ceremonies at the store I was on about. And I'd never been to a midnight launch ever other than the ones I'd worked. But the first midnight launch, I think the only midnight launch I've ever been to, actually, that I, as a customer, was Skyrim. And they gave us all a Bethesda goodie bag, didn't they? And they gave us that free French free-running game. What's it was called? Like, and all the, everyone's faces in it was really ugly, weren't they? Like, but That's going to annoy me now. Tell me about what it was right. called. You, you talk about how good your Xbox was and launch and open it up in the boxes and everything. And I'll find it out because I'll look that up. Regardless of what it was called, two seconds. It, was, it was called £1.75 credit when we immediately traded it in for Skyrim when we got to the counter. <laughs> I bet they were so <laughs> angry. I bet it was probably a mistake to give us so that. Annoyed. Yeah, probably a mistake to give us that before we got to the till. They give it as we leave, so we're stuck with it. Um, called Ryan Brink, and it came out in 2011. Brink, yes. That yeah. was it. Yeah. I, I remember I got a little Skyrim uh, hat. There was a little Skyrim like little hat where you pretended to be the the... the the little uh, little horned uh, Norseman in Skyrim. God, I can't remember what they're called. No, the Dragon Kin Malar. Yeah, Dragonborn, 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 isn't it? So yeah, so um, yeah, my I reckon my Xbox came. Uh, I set it up. It was it, it's a friend of ours, Mark, who's been on before. Um, he said he says, "Oh, it's you're just going to plug it in, turn it on, and it's not going to be anything amazing because it's just the same console again." Which of course we knew he was going to be right, but yeah, it was a little. You had the fancy introduction, but they were just like, oh, it's the same dashboard. And I expected it to have quite a long setup process, but it took about two minutes to set up. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, I mean, that is the one thing with Xbox now. With Xbox being a platform as opposed to a console, it, it is just, oh, it looks how it looked yesterday. Um, which is a little bit, I mean, it'd almost like to be an option to let you change it slightly or just have some kind of variation. Uh, the Xbox dashboard will never be better than it was on 360 back in the days of the Blades. That, that, you know, that was like pristine Xbox UI. Yeah, um, very colourful the blade. So, I mean, it again, it, it's a more performance thing. It's like we said, it's all a, it's a performance jump. So, you know, everything's in 4K. Most of the games that are optimised to at least 60 FPS. Um, the SSD is great. I mean, quick resume is fantastic on the games it works on. The fact that you press the power button and the console's on immediately. You know, that might be old hat to a lot of PC gamers out there, but to console drunkers like me. It's great to just be like on. It's ready, as opposed to being like. Oh, well, it's faster than wait. it's faster than a PC boot up. It's way faster. Like I, it's maybe a second and a half. My my television and console coming on second and a half, and I'm on the dashboard. It's Fair. stupidly fast. And when it's a games console and it's loading up a game, you're going to be in a game within twenty or thirty seconds. Resuming that game in twenty thirty seconds. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, people talk about you know like. Oh, PCs are like the ultimate and everything, but they are built for everything too. So for a games console to be faster for its single purpose is a bit more impressive, really. The quick resume is cool. And I remember people going, oh, quick resume. Who's going to give a shit about that? Who's going to care? 
And it's like, whatever, no one's going to notice. And I was like, yeah, that's precisely why it's good, because no one's going to notice. They're going to go from game to game, and it's just going to quickly resume them all naturally. So it's not like it's a flashy feature in your face. It's going to be a normal, natural occurrence on the console. You're going to naturally go to another game, and it's just going to load super quick and carry on as normal, where it's something you'll get so used to so quickly, it will just be normal. But if you went onto an Xbox 360, and you had to reload it every time, you'd be like, oh God, what? You, would, you would notice the difference between the two, which is why that's the best type of technology in some cases, something that becomes normal very quickly, but you couldn't live without it when you went back again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in terms of optimized games, I've currently got five installed. Uh, Halo the MCC, of course, uh, Gears Tactics, Call of Duty Warzone, which to be honest, I don't know why that's still installed. I'm not gonna touch that now I've got Black Ops. Um, and of course, Call of Duty Black Ops uh, and the Falconeer as well. Of all of them, I'd probably say MCC or the Falconeer are the most visually or impressive. The frame rate really makes the Falconeer kind of sing in terms of its visuals and the animations of the bird flying around and mm. the waves and the storms. It looks very nice. And then yeah, Halo wouldn't at 60 frames a second. It's just Halo wouldn't get 60 frames a second. It's, it's Halo. I'm going to enjoy it. Like you could, you could sell me a new console next month that made it run at 80, and I'd be like, oh, it's worth buying. Because it's Halo running slightly better, like it's Halo. I'm always yeah, like yeah. It. It's 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 the typical where we've now got the machine. But let's be honest, it's the best machine for general quality of visual and technical quality of games on the console. That's not a dig at Nintendo or Sony; it just is. Um, well, yeah. Although Digital, it's Digital Foundry have had some interesting videos where the PlayStation is actually performing better than some Xbox games in small ways, but I think that's more to do with optimization. And like the, the hardware being a bit more closed off to developers, which is something that will vanish in like a year or two. So like whatever. Um, well, I mean, but I've also said reports in the Japan that the the PS4 SSD is slower than the Xbox One, and Sony made a big hoo-ha over their SSD being custom made. And I distinctly remember when we watched the really boring, boring, boring announcement for Sony's console. Yeah, and that I was one. Like, what? And I was like, what? In a minute, it's going to say that the numbers don't count and you can't compare numbers because they've got a special hard drive that's different but secret. And then as I finished the sentence, he said, you can't compare numbers because it's a special hard drive. Here we go. Usual Sony smoking mirrors crap. But fundamentally, um, no one cares. Like, if you're buying a, if you want a PS5, uh, having a secret super special SSD isn't going to be anything that tips you over the edge, is it? I'm not going to go, ooh, super secret SSD. Well, no, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of ridiculous comparing the, hard, the, the loading speeds because they're going to be two, three, four seconds out. And then an Xbox exclusive is going to load fast and a PlayStation exclusive is going to load fast. It's, do you know what? Fanboys are going to be massive knobheads this year, aren't they? They're going to go, my SSD is four seconds faster than your SSD. And it's like, oh, shut the fuck up. I love, I love having conversations with fanboys because, because I'm such a big Halo fan. People naturally assume that I'm an Xbox fanboy and like, oh, Xbox is all the way. And people are like, I had conversations in game before lockdown started about how I'm excited for Halo Infinite and it's going to be fantastic. And someone's like, oh, enjoy your Xbox. Where are you going to play on it? I'm getting a PlayStation 5. And then I went, oh, great. I can't wait for Final Fantasy 16. And they were so confused that I was excited for a, like, a PlayStation exclusive. Well, it's not yeah. PC. Um, and they were just like, huh? And I was like, yeah, I, I, I'm quite fortunate. I always end up with all the consoles anyway, so I can't wait, but I'll probably hold off the PS5 well, until but... Final Fantasy 16. And you he just like, hit this guy's fortunate. face. He was, he was, you know, he was just stunned that I could even remotely appreciate the other side of the, a console. Why not do it? The console was so old-fashioned. Like, we're not 16-year-olds anymore. Like, well, it's, it's, it's consumer loyalty that you've got to have a brand. I mean, we had that back in the days with, like, sports brands and televisions and pe i mean is the original is the original marketing battle coke and pepsi there must be Probably. one there must be one earlier than that maybe oh. i'll look that up but pepsi be shouldn't be allowed earlier. to market anymore pepsi should not be allowed to market anymore <laughs> what's that what was that they had an advert where they did like a a taste test but the basic gist of the advert was that people preferred the taste of pepsi but still bought more Coke. So that was it. The term was like, people preferred the taste of our drink over the best-selling cola, which isn't Coke, but they didn't say that. And I'm like, why are you advertising something saying that even <laughs> though your, your products liked more, it still sells less of all the things are advertised. Why would you, you know maybe, maybe Donald Trump should try that because that seems, that seems to have worked for him. But every time we get the cinema, that's like, hey, man, 
I'd be like, why, Pepsi? You, all you've told me is that even though your product's liked more, people still want the other one. Like, how bad is that for your actual brand image that people would rather buy a Coke, even though it tastes worse? <laughs> I mean, what's funny is, what's funny is in England, you go into pubs and bars and ask for, you just go, oh, I want a Coke. But I just go, I don't care. I want a cola or a soft drink. And they specifically go, do you mean Pepsi? Because of the whole lawsuit marketing thing. But it doesn't matter because they've usually got one or one anyway. Yeah. So I don't well, have a choice in the matter. So tough luck. They've got, well, yeah, it's always, oh, can I have a Pepsi? You, you pick an option and if they have the other, they'll go, is the alternative all right? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Give me a drink. <laughs> I mean, normally I'm ordering some kind of hipstery ale that you'll always say I have a go yeah. for buying. But when I do have a soft drink, it's like, I don't care. <laughs> Like, just, just make sure it's in the point glass and I'm happy. <laughs> so, talking about one or the other, you have put your Xbox horizontally, haven't you? Uh, yeah, uh, not so much out of choice or preference, just out of my TV stand won't fit it standing up, so yeah. it's lying down. Uh, mine was vertical, but there was about, I didn't really measure it, but it was only about an inch to an inch and a half of space at the top, which Microsoft has said is fine. It needs an inch and a half space minimum. But I was, I've been, all I've been playing on it so far is State of Decay 2. And State of Decay 2 has crashed two or three times. Not the console, just to the dashboard. Now That's State of Decay 2 for you. Other yeah, game, you, crash. you had major issues with the game turning your console off when it first came out. But I've been playing it mostly on the PC before the X came out. And he had no issues. So it must be the Xbox version. So I thought, oh, okay, I don't really... I'm a bit iffy anyway about my Xbox having that much room. There's a lot of space at the front and back. Like, tons of space. But I thought... I'll just do it on perm. I'll just do it on the side just in case. I'll do it on the side just in case anyway. Um, so it's laying on its side now. But I was playing Call of Duty Black Ops recently. I thought, I'm going to try the campaign because I unfortunately <laughs> got a free copy of it. <laughs> Why is that funny? Because I misheard what you said. And what you said, Call of Duty Black Ops. And I was like... Oh no, I did say Black Ops. No, I mean Cold War. There you go. I'm not a problem. Um, uh, no, I just, I just, I just meant to do like the the actual controversy that would suddenly appear on Twitter. In fact, it was like, "Welcome to Call of Duty Black Ops." It's just a bunch of SIS guys oh, black. in blackface. Yeah, Black Ops. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, that's funny. That's tickled me. That that game would not do well right now. Uh, that would no, not would sell not. well right now. Anyway, so. Uh, What's it called? Cold War. Anyway, so I got a free copy of Cold War, uh, unfortunately. But I thought I'll try the campaign because I said I'll try it. Because I'm, I don't like any of the Call of Duties. They're all garbage. And I thought I'll try the campaign. Five minutes in, it crashes and goes to the dashboard. Oh, great. That's helpful. And then I reload the game again. And five minutes in, same kind of location. It crashes and turns my Xbox off. So... Alarm bells rang immediately. I was thinking, oh, good. I've got to send my Xbox back. I've got to send it back, and I'm not going to get one for months, or I just scratch it off completely and just do PC gaming from now on. I loaded Call of Duty again, and then five minutes in, it turned the Xbox off. So I was like, right, that's, that's, nope, not touching that. And I Googled it, and apparently it's a common error with Call of Duty uh, on PS5 and on Xbox. Because if you've got the playstation 4 version installed or the xbox one version installed and you play it on the next gen console it messes the game up and just breaks it just breaks and turns the console off so yeah it wasn't the best experience for me at first for uh for um call of duty so i will try it again eventually but i will probably wait until some sort of patch because i'm not having i want something to do with hard drives as well so i'm not having a game that i don't particularly want to play turn my brand new console off that's fair. I mean, I'm enjoying the, the multiplayer, the competitive multiplayer, that is. Uh, the guys we're playing with keep wanting to play zombies. Um, uh, it's just a shit firefight. Um, they keep getting mad at me for saying this, and they're like, you're being unfair. And I'm like, no, I'm not. The first eight waves are boring because they're really easy to kill. They've got these like big, horrible mutant dog hounds in it. They explode. They're like Nurgle creatures. Like They're all swollen and like, <laughs> I thought gross. I was like, ah, hounds. <laughs> yeah, they're imagine, like giant chaos warhounds of Nurgle, basically. Uh, and when you kill them, they explode and there's like horrible toxics in the air and you've got to run away from like the splash damage they cause, essentially. Uh, and then they go back to zombies. And then you just get overwhelmed immediately. And 
I described it as baking a cake. And they were started laughing at me. And I was like, it is. Because it's not like you're just blasting zombies in the face and having fun. The zombies get steadily more resistant to damage. So you've got to find certain things in the map to upgrade your guns so that now your guns essentially do the same damage they did before. So it balances out. And then you've got to try and, like, exfil and escape. But you get hoarded by zombies and murdered immediately. And I'm just like, it's just like baking a cake. It's not fun. Because it's you don't have the kind of, like, left for dead... Unless of, oh, there's just a horde and we've got to try and survive. It's like, oh, we've got to make sure we do this checklist that you're supposed yeah. to know how to do. No, but that's that's what I I remember before I played it for the first time. I said, I'm sure Zombies is meant to be a go here, do this, do this next type horde mode where you've got horde in. So Firefight and horde mode in Gears and Halo are very similar. You have progressively <laughs> more enemies. <laughs> Well, Excuse are. me, they sir. Ex- one, one is a fantastic sandbox experience, and the other is Gears of War. Halo <laughs> <laughs> is in the sandbox game. But all right then. No, but so you have you have a group of enemies, and then the next group of enemies is there's more of them with more difficult variants, and then the next round you go through all that again, and they're slightly tougher. You know what you did? You're basically holding your ground and fighting. Where I got from COD was. Uh, Okay, we sh- should we be we need to be going down this route and building this building or going to this tunnel or opening this door, etc. 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 I think I prefer something like Left 4 Dead where you, it's like get to point A to point B. Good luck if you make it, you make it. You don't, you don't. Where Call of Duty Zombies was almost like a almost like you have to do the same thing every time. Well, pretty much. That was, I was literally about to say that I don't hate it. It's just that every time we played it, it's oh. Melee the first couple of ways of zombies because you get more points. Then you use those points to unlock certain access points in the rest of the map. Then once you do that, you have to go into this other dimension to get a machine that lets you super duper upgrade your guns. So therefore, you're capable of killing the harder zombies. And every time we've done the same thing, and I'm just like, is this the only map? Are there not other maps? Like why it's just become dull for me because we've just spent so- every time we try it. I'm like, right, I'm basically bored and not really paying attention until wave eight because you don't need to. And then wave nine's like, oh, lots of zombies. And then wave 10's like, oh, they're taking a lot of damage. And it's just, it, it's just, whereas the multiplayer is multiplayer. So it has some of the usual issues I have with Call of Duty games where you can just run around the outskirts of the map a lot and get flanked or flank people. And it's like, oh, great. Or, and there's still campers. Uh, but I guess that's not really COD's fault. It's just online shooters in general's fault, I guess. Yeah, I think, um, I think the second you introduce a meta into a mode like that, it's not as fun. I mean, like I said, we're not slagging it off. It's just that we think there's better versions of that mode out there. And we are talking about like, the launch games for Xbox. So, for example, I loaded up Gears. Well, talking about Gears. I loaded up Gears and Halo. Both of them look great. They always look great. Um, they run at a higher frame rate. That's fantastic. The first thing that happened to me when I was playing Gears of War on normal at the high frame rate, I got killed immediately. And I was like, oh, this doesn't normally happen to me. Um, I don't know if it was just me being out of practice or the high frame rate meant I was a bit more useless. Um, I loaded up Halo Reach. That was running at 60 frames, and yeah, it was it was great. So, when even though we are probably going to be playing games we've already played before, or playing again, then yeah, playing them uh, what I deem as a more superior mode is, is frame rate over visuals. Yeah, that's fantastic, especially something like Halo, which is an old game. And let's be honest, Halo still still holds up. I talk about how much I love Half Life, but if I play Half Life One now, it probably doesn't hold up like Halo holds up. No, I mean I realised what a giant hypocrite I've been. Uh, while playing Master Chief Collection the other day because I'm always slagging off PC gamers for playing like Gary's mod but doing it in like 6k at a million frames and I'm like you're playing old shit just in a fancy way <laughs> yeah. old gits. and like I'm getting annoyed by it and then I was sat down the other night with a 4k TV playing Halo <laughs> 3 I was just like oh my god I'm sat here excited because like I still get I'm like I've become a PC gamer <laughs> just, just, like <laughs> it's just I'm playing, I've got all these brand new games that here that I could play, and I'm choosing to play a game that's, what, 10 years old. But then again, I mean, a PC gamer would say, well, that's the advantage of a PC. You can play all your games forever on whatever system that can still get progressively better and capable of the new games. And again, that's why I think the new Xbox is similar to a PC in that, yeah, you can, you can buy this new console and you don't have to touch any of the new games. You can still play all the games you've played before, but the, the quality is going to be improved. Yeah, when I started installing games, I deliberately went back and installed an original Xbox game. Well, several, in fact. Uh, Star Wars Republic Commando and Star Wars Knights of the Republic, which is still the best Star Wars game ever. Uh, then I was like, you know what, let's install some Xbox 360 stuff. So I installed Left 4 Dead, Halo Reach, even though it's part of the MCC. 
uh, Lost Odyssey, uh, Vanquish. And I was like, oh, that's got a score. Then I installed some, you know, Xbox One games and then obviously mm. the games that optimized for X and S. So I've basically got a game from every generation of Xbox on my Xbox, which is just cool. I don't know when, I mean, again, I'm talking about PC gamers and saying, I've been, I'm sat here looking at Nice and Public One going, oh, I could play it again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it is a phenomenal game and a phenomenal experience. And again, the graphics don't really matter. So I guess I'm going to have to apologize to PC gamers in general, because every time I slagged you off for hitting a wooden block with a crowbar as the free man, and getting excited that it broke into four distinct bits. I can't really do it anymore because I, I've become one of them. Um, I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing, isn't it? Because you were a PlayStation owner, you could say, well, where's all the new PlayStation things? But for example, one of the things on the new Xbox I've completely ignored and just threw in a cupboard is the new controller. Uh, oh, yeah, me too. Mark, Mark came around and had like held the new controller. and went, oh, I like it. It's better than the original and it feels like this. It feels like this. And I was just thinking... I don't care. I've got an elite pad. So that, that, yeah. <laughs> that standard controller is not interesting to me in any way. Whatsoever. A share button, I don't care. I don't think anyone really uses their Xbox for content sharing. I used really. to. When, when you had the upload studio on your Xbox and you could actually edit the clips properly on your Xbox and it wasn't an actual fucking ball. Like, and when it would automatically upload the clips to Xbox Live, I actually cared and would use it and be like, no, I'm going to curate a bit of a montage here. But now... The clips don't upload automatically. You have to go in and manually do it. When you do do it, you're stuck on a screen and have to wait for it to upload. So it just puts you off because if it's if it uploads in the background, fine. But the fact that I have to go and actively do it means I've got to stare at a loading bar. And it's just like, mm. oh, I don't care anymore. Um, yeah. Um, if, yeah. If it's not something I'm putting together for a review, I uh, don't care about my captures. I mean, the only reason I'm interested in the new pad is I, I should be able to, with the Bluetooth in it, I should be able to sync it to my iPad and then potentially play some games on my iPad using the controller, which may be preferable to using a touchscreen. Yeah. Um, it's not a huge feature. Yeah, unfortunately, xCloud isn't out on every type of format you would think it would be out on available on, which we're not going to go into, but eventually it will be. So we, we can we can review and talk about that at some point. But, you know, having those extra street screens would be nice because I don't want to sit and watch my Xbox edit something. I'd rather no, exactly. do it on a PC. Um yeah, so I'm happy with the new console. I mean, I, I said this, I think, last time. I'm in the advantage advantage uh, of using Microsoft Rewards to not really pay anything for the new console. Um, but I'm happy with it. It's not a giant monstrosity like the memes said it would be. It's not, it's not fucking smoke coming out of the top of it. Internet. You fucking idiots. Ah. It's wound me up so much. It's wound me up so much. And, it, and the tennis ball annoyed me more because it's blatantly not doing that. So you know, all these dumb fucks. I'm glad this is. I have to tick explicit for these podcasts. These dumb fucking fanboy idiots on Twitter who just make Persona profiles. When I say Persona, I don't mean the successful Japanese RPG. I mean the cunty, oh, I'm going to put on a gimmick on Twitter. Going like, look, it's burning. No, that's not what an electrical fire looks like. And it wouldn't produce that much smoke. And of course, because of editing, it just happens to start and end as it's blooming smoke into the air. And the person who's seen his 450 pound brand new console, presumably on fire, just goes, oh, interesting. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be screaming. I'd be like, what? I'd be like, ah, it's on fire, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, and, you, and you wouldn't put it on Twitter, would you? You'd be like, oh, I'm going to go to Microsoft with this for a fucking lawsuit or no, nonsense. Um, yeah, and I'd, then of course, I'd be screaming warranty defect, consumer law, you know, <laughs> got well, my machine fixed. Um, yeah, so fucking nonsense, which was debunked and laughed at by everyone after about a few hours. But some well, people it, still believe it. Um, the Microsoft social media team, Microsoft yeah. social media team were on fire again. Like when they had their first TikTok video be just them scrolling through a collection of memes about it looking like a fridge was fantastic. And the Xbox support page tweeted out, uh, we can't believe we have to say this. But please don't put vape smoke in your console. <laughs> no. like they didn't have to address it, but they did. No, I mean, just, it's, it's, it's just a good funny. Because if, you do, if, you do, if they don't address it, it will be seen as ignoring it. But talking to social media, so tomorrow is the UK launch of the PlayStation 5. And apparently uh, lots of places are going to get more stock at some point tomorrow. So good luck to the internet. Because let's be honest, bots are going to get most of those, which is ridiculous. And so I'd, I'd say something needs to be done about it, but nothing can be done to stop that. Nothing's going to stop that. But did you see that PlayStation um, UK tweeted out photos of some tube stations in London? 
That did not. Okay. Um, obviously, we're audio for now, so I'll, I won't be able to show them. But basically, um, they they tweeted out some tube stations in London, and each of the the, the signs for the tube stations have changed to the um, PlayStation buttons. That's quite cool. So, like, it's in like obviously you've got like loads of undergrounds right close to each other. So, uh, Oxford Circus tube signs. You've got like four of them because they're all close. Oxford Circus, yes, with the different different X and zero square circles and triangles. But one of them, which is actually in PlayStation's official um, tweet, which is funny, one of them has got the Microsoft Store in the background of the frame. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's a bit cheeky. I love um, it. I love it. People were like, some people were like, yeah, Microsoft would find that funny. Um, but in all the tube stations, there's tons of like, um, there's loads of art, there's loads of logos and PlayStation everywhere, and there's artwork because obviously the tube, the tube symbol is normally a circle, like a red circle, which of course is yeah. one of the buttons on the PlayStation. So that's a recall, that's a recall. But it is coming out tomorrow, and I, you know, we've got to say good luck to anyone who doesn't have one because the bots are going to just fuck you all immediately, like instantaneously. Like you, the, the worst part is even if you get halfway through the process, that doesn't mean anything. Well, this is this is why I think it's like kind of the last bastion of like physical retail for gaming are actual consoles. If you, you go into store, you can't get beaten in the store into the store by a bot. Someone no. has to physically be there to do it. So if you can get into the store and do it, great. Whereas I'd much rather get up early and rush to a store to guarantee my pre-order than be anxiously hitting the refresh button hoping I'm going to get one. Because um, you know you've got you've got the pre-order right there. I mean, yeah, there's, there's no guarantee the stock will actually turn up, but I'd feel more secure doing that. I mean, I'm excited. I mean, the majority of the game hub lads, they're uh, lassies, I should say. Uh, we're very inclusive. Uh, <laughs> they, um, they're all PS5 guys. They're all you know like drooling over excitement over their PS5s getting delivered tomorrow. They're all very yeah, excited. Did did any of them have any worries when they saw some people's Xboxes were apparently cancelled by Amazon or not delivered on time because? That, but that's not a, a Microsoft problem. That's the problem of the websites are overstocked. Um, you know, screw people over. Everyone's just excitedly kind of staring at their, you know, like their tracking information. They're like, when's it going to get here? Uh, I suppose it's the one, the one worry, I guess, I would always have with online was you don't know when it's going to set up in the day, so you know it's going to arrive on day of release. But if I've booked the day off and want to play my console all day, but my console arrives at 4.15 in the afternoon, I'm really annoyed that I've you know, been waiting all day. Yeah, uh, so I guess... um, that's what happened to mine. That is what happened to mine. Um, I'm actually on Twitter right now, Ron. I'm looking at a life-size Halo um, energy sword made of Lego. I'll cool. have to send you the I'll have to send you the link for that. Um, yeah, so I mean, we're both happy with her Xbox, but I mean, you have to look at it as as especially the way Xbox are doing it. It's definitely a sort of a future purchase. It's a wait and see what the power can be used for, and you do get a boost on the games that are just generally multi-platform anyway. So yeah. you know, it's it's good so far. It would be a different song that we'd be singing if Infinite was out, because I'd, you know, I'd either be crying in the corner that I had to kill Cortana, or fangasming everywhere that <laughs> my theory about her being corrupted by mendicant bias and the flood and Guilty mm. Spark being the domain and all my, you know, giant, oh my god, please don't kill the woman of my dreams type crap. Uh, <laughs> dreams, I, Jesus. Yeah, I still, I still, you know, like I said over there, the quicker we get Bionic here so that everyone who talks to me can sound like Jen Taylor, the happier I'll be. Uh, but that, there's, I'm sure there's an episode of Black Mirror in there somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean that's a that's a prediction you can make. And do you know what, Ryan? While we're talking about predictions, today they announced the nominees for the 2020 Game Awards, starring Jeff Keighley. So I think we should have our own Critical Geeks Game Awards in the Bourneville Arena in Bourneville, Bourneville. Can we just give all the, the Game Awards to Jeff Keighley because he's great? Uh, yeah, sure. We'll call it the Jeff Keighley Appreciation Award. Um, <laughs> no, all of the awards just go to him. Like the nominees oh, right. for Game of, <laughs> Game of the Year are Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy Remake, and Jeff Keighley. And the winner is Jeff Keighley. Just give him Yay! all the awards. And he I will never... comes out and gives him every award. Like, he gets a lot of crap online that I see when he's the Game Awards for being like a shill and all this kind of stuff. But I will never, ever, ever lose respect for that man after the E3 many moons ago when Xbox announced it was going to DRM its machine. And he basically browbeat the head of so and PlayStation into the corner and was like, will you have DRM on your machine? And he kept trying to dodge the question. And Jeff just wouldn't let him up. He just kept hounding him. He was like, answer the question. Will it feature on your machine? And eventually PlayStation were forced to admit, if we go ahead, yes. If Xbox do it, 
then yeah, it'll be on there for all the third party developers. And bam, there you go. That's it. And he forced him to answer that yeah, question. Yeah, he doesn't so, care, does he? Like, he's a big name and he's respected by everyone. He can, he can ask those questions and just get away with it. Like, there's a lot of YouTubers like Angry Joe who he didn't get sent an Xbox or a PlayStation at all because at some point he's probably mouthed them off and pissed them off. So, you know, there's an, av- there's an advantage to having a position of power and also being a bit. Honest as well, yeah, respected, yeah. Um, so yeah, the Game well, of the Year awards. Um, we'll, we'll quickly go over some of the nominations. Not all of them, because like, I didn't give a flying fuck of esports coach of the year. I was like, <laughs> that's just <laughs> old. Fuck but, off. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, my problem with esports is uh, there needs to be a point. Gaming needs to get big enough to the point where the people who are on esports teams are actually kind of interesting to talk to because i remember when i watched the guys like a couple of years ago the halo world championships and the guys won and they're given like a giant oh, trophy and they were you know they just like split a check for a ridiculous amount of money for playing a game um and they're like you're the halo world champions and they're like uh okay and i'm like one hand, Dude. Is, one hand is hand in the pocket his pockets the entire time they look so uncomfortable, and I was like, "Couldn't you have just got one?" Like the guy who's KDU ratio is absolutely fucking shit, but he's got a spark, a good-looking guy, chiseled jaw, sparkling personality, just so that when you do have to go and talk to the cameras afterwards, he could be like, "Yeah, it was fantastic, wasn't it, guys?" You know, and at least have at least let me like him because I just look at them and I'm like, "You're all boring." Like I'm sure they're great as people when you meet them one on one, but as someone to watch win an award, I'm just like, or you know, a gaming tournament, I don't care. I only really watch them so I can pick up like tips and tricks to try and use myself in games. Mm. It's more like a more like a cheat sheet tournament for me than an actual. Ooh, I care who wins because, again, I'm not particularly attached to these teams, so I don't. Oh, really do you know, would, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you embarrassed? Be embarrassed as well that when you went up to speak to the press, they'd be like, "Oh, hey," uh, and they call you by your game attack. Oh, no, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because it's my game attack, but I'd be a little bit embarrassed for that. I don't know, I mean, I've got friends that still call me by my gamer tag, and they they've met me in person. Uh, it's just they just do. Uh, it it sometimes I mean, depending on who it is. Some that I've gamed with for years, who I met through gaming, it doesn't sound as weird to. When there's people I know on day to day basis will occasionally call me Nightbird, and I'm just like, just call me Ryan or Dickhead, or it just sounds a bit weird sometimes. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Uh, but it doesn't. Above me, but we're getting massively yeah. off topic here. We're supposed to be talking about the, game, the game awards. Award. Yeah, we've gone off on one of those wacky tangents where, uh, you know, b- before presenting an award. Um, so we'll go through a few of them. Game of the year, uh, the nominees are the fantastic 10 out of 10 experience that is Doom Eternal. Don't fucking say anything. <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy 7. <laughs> Final Fantasy 7 remake. Uh, or how to kill a franchise? Um, no, no, that's rude. Because um, we had a podcast ages ago where I was incredibly critical of it, and you know what? I really enjoyed it. I just didn't like the changes. And I didn't like the combat, which is exactly what I said it would be. I appreciate the. <laughs> I, uh, I, I enjoyed the remake. I just didn't like the things they remade. <laughs> the story and the combat—they're <laughs> integral things in an RPG. Um, Ghosts of Tsushima, which I've not you've played and reviewed, mm-hmm. and I've only played about an hour of it, but I, I, I played an hour and immediately was impressed by the game. Do you know why? Because it seemed like it was a fun, open-world action game with things to do in it, rather than a Ubisoft open-world action game that I want to kill myself while I'm playing because they're boring no, and copy-paste and generic. It has, it has some very Ubisoft elements to it, uh, but everything else about it, it makes up for that, whereas in Ubisoft games, it's all bland, whereas this was like bland but occasionally you'd hear a bit of spice. But it was, I mean, a vision, it, well, it had a lot more going for it than Ubisoft game. It's unfair to call it a Ubisoft-like, I suppose. Um, but there are elements where you look at it and be like, uh, okay, this feels Assassin's Creedy, but it's a lot better. But no one says it's Assassin's Creedy, so that's my point. It obviously does a good job. Um, the next game is Hades, which is a game I'm not very familiar with, but I've heard a lot of people talk about it recently, so it must be on there for a reason. Uh, talking of games that are not on there for any reason, Animal Crossing New Horizons? Uh, I mean, you know how I feel about busy work simulators. Animal Crossing is just a cute busy work simulator. I think um, I think, I no think it's on there because it helped a lot of people during the lockdown. And it was actually picked up by mainstream media such as BBC. So it's probably on there because, I mean, let's be honest, I'm going to be a bit of a spoiler here. It's not a very heavy Nintendo and Xbox list, if I'm honest. So it's probably on there because they've got to put something on there for Nintendo. And the last game on the Game of the Year award, which I really hope wins, is The Last of Us Part 2. I mean, it should do. The only game on this list I've not had hands-on experience with 
is Hades. Uh, I've seen quite a few people play it on Twitch. Seems kind of nifty, but not really my cup of tea. Uh, let's face it, Animal Crossing isn't going to win. Uh, it's just not deep enough to, to win when you compare it to the rest of the competition. But if you compare it to Doom, Final Fantasy, Ghost of Tsushima, and Last of Us, Last of Us is the clear winner. I, I, I adored every single second of Final Fantasy VII Remake. I really, really did. But it, it wasn't Last of Us 2. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima was fantastic. Didn't have half the emotional impact of Last of Us 2. And then Doom mm-hmm. Eternal, where uh, it, it's too many cooks spoiling the broth. Just, it's, no, they, they, they had perfection and they ruined it by chucking more spice in. Just no, I didn't need uh, it. Too spicy for you. Um, but Last of Us 2 is just, it's, it's amazing. And I hope it wins because A, it deserves to, and B, it will annoy all the crybabies on the internet. Yep. But it won't win because the fans are allowed to vote. I think you do have limited votes, but let's be honest, it's the internet. They'll find a way of using VPNs and screw it up. Um, we shouldn't get, be allowed to vote. No, I don't. I agree. Like, just get, just get, get like some gaming celebrities or journalists. And you'll get the classic oh, journalists that we're talking about. It's like, well, you know what? They can't win either way, can they? Uh, best game direction for game direction and design. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades. This is going to be for some familiar names. The Last of Us 2 and Half-Life Alex. Are you going to vote for Half-Life just because it's Half-Life, even though you've not played it? I haven't played it, but it's a VR game. How does the, the rebirth and the best thing that the VR has ever made? So I think over a remake, open-world game, and another Last of Us game, and Hades, I, I think it does stand out. Um, In terms of game direction, I think Ghost of Tsushima's got to win, easily. Because of the um, birds and the wind and all that visuals and stuff. Yeah, I mean, Last of Us is fairly linear. You just kind of plod along. Final Fantasy VII Remake was insanely linear. You just, you just puddle on, but look cool. Uh, Hades yeah, didn't do anything new from like its level design or any of its gameplay elements that you've not really seen before. It just did everything it did well. Uh, a VR game, uh, I suppose. I mean, I've, I've not played it. I've seen a lot of footage. It looks quite cool. I, do, I didn't mm. really want to play it. Uh, but of all the things to do something new and unique that kind of pushed creative vision, Definitely go to Tsushima would win for that one, I think. Um, we've got Best Narrative, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. I don't know what that is. It looks like it could be a Switch game. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, The Last of Us Part Two. We're looking at kind of the very same names popping up and down on that one. Um, I, I, I mean, let's be honest. Ghost of Tsushima will win that if the internet's allowed in the voting because they won't want The Last of Us 2 to win. Or Final Fantasy VII Remake will win, even though it kind I of... I was fine. Story weird about me. this is there's millions of Final Fantasy nerds but they never seem to turn out for this kind of thing like just click and vote I guess but not that this really means anything does it but no. I mean the Final Fantasy 7 remake is a weird one because you can't really like give it a narrative award when you've only had like a quarter of the experience or a third of the experience it seems weird I mean admittedly yeah, there's I mean, a lot of things to the Final Fantasy 7 <sighs> overall narrative itself but Plus, it's called you know. the Final Fantasy VII Remake when it's not the case. So, you know, a little bit misleading there. Um, best Still art direction. Not, yeah. Um, <laughs> best, maybe. Best art direction. Ghost of Shima. Let me put this away. If my phone was a, if my phone was a, a slug, I would have murdered it several minutes ago if I was that salty. Um, best art direction. Do you want to try and guess what the games are? There's five of them. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Correct. Last of Us 2, Hades. Correct. Correct. Uh, well, uh, I, I don't know if it is. Oh. But, but, um, I've only played it for like eight seconds because I'm really shit at it. But Ori and the Will of the Wisps should be yes, on there. Correct, that game... Ryan. Is that there? That is, oh, that is the last game for Art Direction. Basically, Ori, he's holding up the Xbox brand on his little shoulders doing these Game Awards, I'll be honest with you, Ryan. He's car- carrying the, the Xbox brand doing this entire award. But that was the final game on there. Maybe it's a good thing Hedder and didn't come out, because Craig DeBrute's not going to get on any art award, is he? <laughs> no, maybe fan, <laughs> fan awards of some sort, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe uh. he's one of the speakers who comes out, it's like he presents an award. Um, best sound and music? Um, basically exactly the same as what you just said. It's literally yeah. the same games. Doom. Audio dis- yeah. Like, surely Aud- Doom's, gonna, Doom's gotta win it. It's Doom. I mean, as much as, uh, as great as the Final Fantasy VII music is, it ain't Doom. No. Like, you've got pentagrams in the audio files. It has to win. Yeah, I mean, the shotguns and the noises and the music, um, it should win. Uh, audio design, which is specifically for like the design and use of the audio. 
the same names are in there again, but you've got Resident Evil 3. Yeah. And Half-Life I'd, Alex is in there. I mean, headcrab noises are gross, so maybe that should just win because they're gross. Uh, best performance, Ashley Johnson as Ellie, Laura Bailey as Abby. A Japanese name I'm going to try and pronounce as Manin Jugosa Tashima. Someone in Hades and uh, Major Jetta as Miles Morales in Spider-Man Miles Morales, a game that's been out for about four minutes. So, If Laura Bailey doesn't win that, the whole award show can go fuck itself. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not a giant salty last of a fanboy, but you hate her at the start of that game. And by the end of it, I was almost in tears at the idea of what was going to happen. And mm. the performance is fantastic. Like the range of emotions she displays throughout the game it arguably surpasses that of Ellie. The performance is more striking. She needs to win. Like, the guy in Goshi Tsushima, well, he's not a bad performance. He's a samurai, so he's basically just kind of like, Anna, oh, I got my ass kicked. Disgrace, Anna. And that's basically I'm so I'm so glad you didn't do a Japanese accent then. Thank you, Ryan. Um, games for impact, um, for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. Uh, Spirit Fairer and Tell Me Why are in there and some of the games I've quite frankly never heard of. I imagine Tell Me Why will win, but if fans are voting, they'll probably vote for Spirit Fairer. I don't really care. Um, best ongoing, so those are online games. Fortnite will win that, so it's not interesting either. Best indie game, Hades is in there, which is interesting. So, I didn't even know there was a Spelunky 2. I've just pulled up this list. Yeah, I was like, they made a Spelunky 2. Uh, Spirit Fire is on here a lot. Yeah, Fall Guys, though, I think Fall Guys will win that purely because it's the, it's the game in the moment right now, although, uh, I don't know if. Um, it will keep being the game in the moment. You know what games like that are like. They basically, I mean, let's be honest, games like this are dictated by streamers. So as soon as they're uninterested, it's gone. Uh, there's a few more. Best community support. No one cares. Best VR game. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Destiny 2 is nominated for best community support when they were deliberately rigging the amount of XP you could earn. <laughs> like, oh, no man's, <laughs> no man's Sky will win that, actually, because it will be like a complete turnaround for them. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, I'd yeah. probably give it to Apex, uh, but Destiny 2 surely shouldn't win. You can't rig the amount of XP people are getting and then be like, we love the community. Admittedly, it's free to play now and they've escaped Activision or that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if breaking away from Activision counts as helping the community. Maybe it does. Maybe, that's like maybe, a maybe, it, helps, maybe it helps the staff. So I mean, they shouldn't have left Microsoft in the first no. place. No. Technically, so are... Halo 5's all their fault. Yeah. Well, it's Brian <laughs> Reed's fault, but still. Yeah. Let's not get into another Halo discussion. Um, best VR game, uh, Dreams, Half-Life Alex, Marvel's Iron Man, Star Wars Squadrons, and The Walking Dead. It's quite a strong list, actually. Um, I, know I really want to really play enjoy... Squadrons in VR. Yeah, apparently it's a 10 out of 10 in VR, and Walking Dead Saints and Sinners is actually surprisingly really good, but, you know, whoopee-doo, Iron Man. It's going to be Half-Life Alex Vance, because, of course, it would be and should be. Um... Innovation and accessibility, helping games be played at a wider audience. Um, no one cares, I, man. Like, <laughs> while these, these are nice awards, and you know, I'm sure what they've done was great, it's like when you get to the middle part of the Oscars and it's like, and the best costume design, go, no one gives a crap. Like, <laughs> that, that's the point where you've gone to you know, throw a pizza in the oven and make a cup of tea or something. Because you just yeah, like, fuck, mm-hmm. fuck those colorblind and deaf people. Well, you know, they're the kind of awards where you don't the majority of people don't have an understanding of what it actually means to do what the award's given for so i'd like in a game yeah got like, obviously like, for deaf people no no but like you know you've got for deaf people they have different colored subtitles which makes sense why don't they have in the bottom right of the screen a sign language person and then that person could be dressed up as someone from the game that'd be brilliant oh, they have Jesus, you... weather. Uh, I, I guess so i mean it might be slightly be... distracting well, yeah, it'd be brilliant. Imagine like having a little like Master Chief or Cortana in the bottom right of the screen doing sign language. You'll be jizzing your pants. I mean, Cortana should just do her own sign language. It doesn't yes, matter. Yeah, Cortana starts yes. breaking the fourth wall. Just randomly starts throwing her hands around while in the middle of a firefight. It's going be great. Um, okay, we've got best action game and best action slash adventure game. I don't know why those are two separate categories. Um, but no, give more rewards out. Yeah, I guess Streets of Rage 4 is in the best action game category, So, and so is Doom. 
and uh, best action adventure goes to Shima, Spider-Man, Assassin's Creed, RE, Star Wars, and The Last of Us Part Two. I feel like you're just making categories for the sake of categories here. But, uh, best role-playing game, Ryan. We've got Persona 5 Royale. Final Fantasy VII Remake is the top names in that one. Persona 5 will win that. No, absolutely not. Final Fantasy VII. See, people go on about Persona 5 being like, oh, one of the best games of all time. But I'm going to say something a little bit controversial here. No one gives a shit. It's one of those games that comes out and everyone goes ballistic for a week because the fans go ballistic, but then no one gives a shit. That's a fair point. I mean, I've I've been playing Persona 3 now for, what, eight years? <laughs> Occasionally go back to it and play it for a couple of hours and then turn it back off and play something else. I love the game. It's just playing a PS2 on an old TV when I've got so much of a content to play. Just, ugh. Yeah, it doesn't happen. But I guess, what you want, I guess the JRPG fans care, but that's a very small subset of the wider gaming community. Yeah. Um, we've got sort of best fighting game, which is basically just going to be Mortal Kombat. That'll win that. Best family game, Animal Crossing, Crash Bandicoot, Minecraft Dungeons, uh, Mario Kart. There's there's a distinct lack of um, Nintendo and Microsoft on this list. I do say I have to say that. But best family is just owned by Nintendo. Um, best sim and strategy game, Total Warhammer isn't in there, so they can get fucked. I mean, it didn't come out this year, but that doesn't count. It should just be in there anyway. Well, yeah, because it's the best one. You just say best. Um, best sports and racing game, best multiplayer game. F1. F1 should win just because it's made in Birmingham. Birmingham. Um, content creator of the year, Ryan. Me. Us. Yes. Oh, we're not on it. We're not on it. We're not on it. We lost out. We need a pretty headshot like these people. Well, we haven't. We never didn't even do video, so we probably should go to that first. Um, We've got Alana Pierce. Uh, she is good, to be fair. Jay Ann Lopez. Don't know her. Nick Merckx. Nope, don't know him either. Tim the Tapman. I've said a bit of this stuff. I don't know who that is. And Valkyrie. What? Valkyrie. It's, like, it's Valkyrie spelled incorrectly. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. I, mean... I just thought you were mispronouncing Valkyrie. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Again, um, this is just being old and out of touch. Like, I'm sure, like, the, what, the medical listener, you're like, oh, my God. They don't know who they are. And it's like, well, no, we're old gamers. We like to play our games as opposed to watch someone playing. Um, just a thing. I find weird for kids are like, oh, no, I haven't played it. Oh, this game's great. And I'm like, oh, what did, did you get stuck on this bit? Oh, I didn't play it. I watched so-and-so play it. And I'm like, that's not why we made games. If you want to if you want to watch a story, watch a goddamn movie. Yeah, um, I tell you what, I'm going to go through the best esports athletes purely based on their gamer tags or PlayStation IDs or whatever. And I want you to predict who you think is going to win. Okay. We've got Crim6, Showmaker, Canyon, Shot-Z, and Zwu. Uh, Shot-Z needs to go away because he probably has it spelt like a knob. Um, uh, yes, he does have it spelt like a knob. It's Shot and then two Zs and a Y. Yeah, it's like those people on Xbox Live who won a game from kind of it, so they put like XX underscore <laughs> and then named it underscore XX, and I'm like, what is this? Go away. Uh, uh, what was the last guy? Zwu? Zwu, yeah, something like that. Z- Z- I, I don't know what that is. Canyon? He sounds like a low tier beat em up character, so I don't <laughs> want him to win. Um, who was the first guy? I, oh, God, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. um, I picked my winner on the first run through, to be fair, but... Yeah. Uh, was... Sonic. Sonic, but... No, that's somebody else. That's someone else's stupid name. Uh, Crim6. Uh, no, okay, yeah, straight away. It's got to be the showmaker. Number one, it reminds me of Shawn Michaels. Uh, He's is this, is this guy a sexy <laughs> boy? Is he a sexy <laughs> boy like HBK? No, do you know what, Ryan? Scroll down and find him, and you tell me if you think Showmaker's a sexy boy. Um, oh, this is getting mean now because now I have to. No, I'm not going to comment on the attraction. Okay, okay. Showmaker. Guy, he's he's like, do you know South Park? You know Kyle's cousin. <laughs> he's like yeah. Jewish cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine a Korean version of that. <laughs> That's awful. That's awful. Anyway. Poor Showmaker. Uh, loads of esports shit that no one cares about. Absolutely no one cares about. Is there um, an esports coach category? Yes, there is. Yes. Like, what is that? Do you just, like, scream, like, Neil, drink the Mountain Dew, Neil, drink Hang on the Mountain Dew. Like, Hang on. If you're, if you're an actual athlete, 
you tend to stop playing the sport because you get to the point where you realise that it's better for you to step aside and let someone younger to come in. You know, a bit like wrestling. You, you, you're slightly on the decline body-wise, and it's probably best to stop anyway. Um, how does that work in gaming? Are you just shit uh, at it, but you can watch a lot of it? Well, I don't know. I mean, we're old and our reactions are crap, so maybe we should retire. I don't know. But... Yeah, and you know what? It's just a load of these sports after that that I'm going to give a toss about. So that'll, oh, be, the te- just that'll saying, be the team moment. Best, best esports game. The fact that Counter Strike's on there, just fuck off. That game needs to just die. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Go look. I'm in, in the good old days, Neil. There would only be one game on, or there'd be two games on this list. It would be Counter Strike and Halo. That's what it would be in the good old days. And I'll tell you what, Ryan. Call of Duty, where the hitboxes are 14 times the size of the goddamn player model. <laughs> Counter-Strike, that's older than we are. Fortnite, which is... Uh, uh, kids. It'll win. It'll win. Of course it will. Yeah. League of kids. Legends. Kids, yeah. <laughs> League of Legends, which <laughs> has the most toxic community ever. Uh, just go away. And then Valorant, which I've never seen, but the artwork's quite cool. Um but again, it just does look, look kind of this generic kind of, oh, look how cool our characters are. It's got Overwatch Syndrome, where it's like, it doesn't tell you anything about the game from the artwork. You just look at it and go, oh, that looks cool. Yeah. Cool, cool artwork. Do you know what, Ryan? Um, I think we'll wrap up now, because we've just hit the hour-ish, or just under an hour mark, and we've we've talked about the Xbox briefly, but, you know, we, this is the problem. We can't really go into... There's not really talk about for a games console. Where you talk about the games. And the proof is in the pudding. And, um, you know, we'll have a proper episode on the Game Awards because there'll be trailers and surprises and crazy things happening anyway. So do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to present you now with the award, Ryan, for best Critical Geeks podcast co-host who's been on more than Mark. So congratulations. <laughs> You've won that award. I think you should wrap Wait. up with a speech. Uh, my speech is, would I have won this award if Mark and I had been on the same amount of episodes? Like, am I well, in this award because Mark's not eligible for this award? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's not are, you implying that, are you implying that Mark is a better co-host than me? No, I'm just saying that he wasn't eligible for this particular award. I he mean, didn't turn up, it. so, you know. Mark, Mark technically is a better co-host because I just rumble on tangents and swear a lot. <laughs> so he probably, he probably is a better well, host than I am. Oh, this, well, I mean, you know, he wasn't eligible. You've got to have a certain amount of appearances. Like, if we were loony he, he didn't put the like, work in. You'd be Bugs Bunny. Okay. And Mark, Mark would be Daffy Duck, and then I'm just Taz in the corner spinning around. <laughs> so um, I guess I'll accept this award because it's yep. an award, and my mum will be happy that I've won one. Um, okay. Any yeah. dedications? Like any speeches? You're not going to cry, are you? Guess I dedicate the award to myself because I won it. Wait, aren't you supposed to thank Jesus and say you're blessed? Are you supposed to thank someone other than yourself? I don't think I've ever seen that in an award ceremony. Why? I won it. Who else yeah, I, to be winning this? No well, me. I mean, well, well, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I guess that's a fair point. It's my, it's it's my point. moment. This is where the music starts, and I'm still watching <laughs> yeah, off stage. This is when the podcast was <laughs> five minutes ago. I, I'd like to thank me, because I'm fantastic. And everyone's like, what a prick. I'm like, well, you just gave me the award. Yeah, why is you that never happened? Surely that's happened in some award ceremony. Where someone's like, like, like when uh, teams win the Super Bowl and they go, oh, I want to thank God. And it's the first thing they say. It infuriates me. If I was the coach, I'd be like, what did you just fucking say? <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, hang on a minute. He didn't call that play. I did. Yeah. Cheeky bastard. So the awards have been handed out and the awards have been uh, predicted. We'll see if we're correct or wrong on the next episode of Critical Geek. I mean, you can you find say predicted. Like, we basically shat all over them. But... Oh, there <laughs> yeah. you go. That's a prediction. <laughs> the awards have been discussed, I guess we'll say. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find us on, of course, the Apple podcast section. And we are on Anchor. And, of course, we're on Twitter at critical underscore geeks. And we, you can send us an email at uh, criticalgeekspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to hear more from the one-time award-winning co-host, Ryan Perro. Where can you do that, Mr. Perry? Uh, you can find more of me at gamehype.co.uk. Just thinking about all the hate emails we're going to get sent next time I want to kick myself in the self-esteem. Let's have a read of those. <laughs> um, yeah, you go to Game Hype. They've got a plethora of reviews up, I imagine. They've probably talked about the Xbox Series X and the PS5, haven't they? 
Yeah, yeah, Betsy did some Xbox stuff. No doubt there's some PlayStation stuff incoming. Uh, you got yeah. some Blood Bowl second season news coming from me soon on there as well. Oh, yeah. there's a bit of Warhammer. Do you know what? There's a total, I won't go too much, but there is total Warhammer 3 DLC coming incredibly soon. So we'll probably have a cheeky chat about a Warhammer, uh, Warhammer likes, because we haven't really mentioned the Warhammer much, have we? Um, and of course, you can go check out the Fuzzballs uh, on Twitter and on the internet of the one of our friends. Very good t-shirts and other paraphernalia. He's got some Christmas items coming out very soon. If you like your cute cats and cute cuddly fuzzballs. It's a shame you can't well. see me because I'd be full on chilling. I'm sat in a fuzzball yeah, drinking tea from a fuzzball's mug. So. There we go. <laughs> shill, so shill, shill. We shill you next time on Critical Geek. Bye-bye.